comes from Psalm 121. I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch o over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Well, now it's time to welcome this morning's guest preacher. In our summer sermon series, New Voices, we're focusing on hearing the voices of young people and people who are in the process of answering God's call to ministry. Reverend Tim Kobler stands out as a little bit of an exception to that rule. Reverend Tim is already an ordained United Methodist clergy person, but he is an ordained United Methodist clergy person who works directly with young people as they're trying to hear God's voice and figure out how to answer God's call in their own lives. Reverend Tim currently serves as the chaplain of the Wesley Foundation, a campus ministry at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. Now, Reverend Tim has a passion for campus ministry. He's served for 16 of his 28 years of full-time ministry in some sort of campus ministry or other. Reverend Tim has also done significant service with Reconciling Ministries, a group that advocates for full inclusion of LGBTQ people in the life of the United Methodist Church. He's also done some significant ministry with people who are living with HIV AIDS. He's a father of two. He's about to become a grandfather. He's a beekeeper and a weightlifter. And we are so very glad that this morning he has chosen to be our guest preacher here at the Court Street United Methodist Church. Help is a song by the Beatles that served as the title song for both the 1965 film and its soundtrack album. It was also released as a single and was number one on the charts in both the United States and in the United Kingdom. During an interview in 1980, John Lennon, who wrote the lyrics to the song, said the whole Beatles thing was just beyond comprehension. He said, I was subconsciously crying out for help. The documentary series, The Beatles Anthology, revealed that Lennon wrote the lyrics of the song to express his stress after the Beatles' quick rise to success. He said, I was fat and depressed, and I was crying out for help. The song sounds so upbeat and has such a great rhythm that you can dance to. That was written by Paul McCartney. But if you look online at the lyrics, you'll see that deep cry for help. Speaking of those younger years when he thought that he had no need for anyone else's help, but as he has matured and as life has, has brought him many, many experiences, he realizes that he really does need the help of others. This is the sort of cry for help that we see in Psalm 121, which was read just a few moments ago. It's thought to be a psalm for those journeying to Jerusalem, a spiritual pilgrimage for the high holy days. And people were coming from all around, and anywhere that they came from, they were going uphill to Jerusalem. And so, as they were journeying together, they would sing this song as a sort of litany, a psalm of encouragement to help them remember that they don't do this alone. 
they are looking at the holy city ahead of them and they remember that they are there to worship the God who made heaven and earth, who, who neither slumbers nor sleeps, the one who is always attentive and present with them in their time of need. And so it was a way of encouraging one another, remembering the stories of God before so that they can look for how God is acting in their midst right now and giving them a hopeful future of how God is going to continue to act in their lives. But the roads were hazardous. There were a lot of pitfalls along the way. What do they do about water or food? They could only pack so much because there were only so many things that they could fit in something that could be carried either on their backs or on an animal along the way. And it wasn't like traveling today where we could hop on an interstate in a, an air-conditioned vehicle and stop by a gas station or a fast food restaurant to pick up food along the way. They had to think way ahead for the way that they were going to be doing these things. But there were also wild animals that could hop out of the brush alongside the road. Or what about bandits? Think about that parable that Jesus taught about the Good Samaritan, how it began with a man who was traveling along and met up with some bandits along the way who beat him and left him beside the road for dead. And when Jesus used that example, the people knew exactly what he was talking about. This was something that hit a, a nerve of recognition for them, and they would shake their head, yes, we, we understand what you're talking about. There were no small number of misgivings and fears among the people traveling to Jerusalem for those high holy days. Lots of risk, a lot of unknowns, anxiety and fear. The students will be returning to our campuses soon, and here at the University of Michigan, we're going to have students coming in from a year and a half of pandemic learning, where they will have a year and a half of being on Zoom or some kind of streaming service, not meeting in person with any other group, and here they'll find themselves on a campus of 47,000 other young people trying to navigate their way through very large classes and very enclosed spaces and resuming meetings with their uh, student activities. And some of them will be so excited they can't wait, but others will have misgivings and fears, in addition to the ones that they already bring with them about what am I going to do with the rest of my life? What are my skills? How can I put those to good use? Not only in my vocation, the job that I get paid for, but what are the things that I'm being called to do as part of the community? And for those who are people seeking faith, they're also wondering how is it that I can live out my faith best in this environment? It's difficult to face those sorts of things. Sometimes we find ourselves trying to find our own ways that independent spirit where I've got it, I've got it, I will do my own thing. And I know when I've tried to do that and I've left God out of the equation, or when I've left community or supportive friends out of the equation, those me-based solutions often fail me. Humans tend to give a piece of our hearts to the things that can't love us back, like substance abuse or gaming or binge-watching episode after episode and tuning out the world so we don't have to think about the things that are our source of anxiety. 
This isn't just a me-based solution as we look at Psalm 121. It's looking at the greater community and what God provides us along the way. In this journey of life, yes, it's fraught with pitfalls, even today. But there are so many ways in which we can look to God as our hope, as the one who neither slumbers nor sleeps. We can find that in community, in our times of worship together, as we serve together in our communities, looking to find ways to make the world better, in trusted friendships, for those of us who find ourselves in need of it, those 12-step programs are a gift of God to be able to speak to the hunger of our heart and to recognize that higher power to turn our eyes to the hills from where our help comes. Every time we bottom out, every time our own solutions to our own problems just create more problems, we know that our help is in God. God is there on the journey with us. God is there in our moments when we bottom out. God is there loving us back to life. God is there in our going out and our coming in from this time forward. Sometimes God appears to us simply in the air that fills our lungs as we begin to speak the word, help. Remember that gospel story where Jesus was walking through town and there was a blind person sitting beside the road saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he kept doing that and everyone was telling him to be quiet, leave Jesus alone. He's got other things to do, but Jesus noticed him and walked up and said, What would you like for me to do for you? He had the courage to cry for help. And Jesus was attentive, just as God is attentive to our needs right now. How is it that we can utter those cries for help in authenticity? Just look at the Psalms. Each one of them is a different expression of human experience and emotion. They're the ones that sing of God's praises with every ounce of energy in a person's being and calling for all creation to join in. But then there are the ones where the psalmist says, my eyes are worn out from looking for you. My voice is parched and dry from crying out, when will you answer? They're the ones where the psalmist is angry. And the psalms teach us that God is big enough to be able to take all of our emotion, all of our experience, all of our mess, <laughs> and be attentive and loving to that to speak life into where we are right now. Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, writes something that says, the cross of Christ is foolishness for those who think they've got it all together. But for those who've bottomed out, it's life. 
So as we go into these uncertain days of reopening, returning to school and work and, and community in person, we have no small amount of anxiety, but God is big enough to handle it and is providing a Holy Spirit to fill our lungs to say, help. And so we don't go into these days alone. We go with the confidence that just ahead of us is the one who neither slumbers nor sleeps, who keeps us not only this day, but in all the days to come. Thanks be to God.